can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. We can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. Nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits, conquer fear or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. We look to the future, but embrace our past. We study, we analyze. We race on Sunday, so we can innovate on Monday. We exercise trial and error religiously. Through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection, learn. How to make products for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision. That's where it all started. 
Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Brand, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Fly Racing Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Justified Cultures, Traction MXC Covers, and Moto Ice Wrap. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got none other than Mark Poole of Moto, the Moto X Podcast. Mark, how's it going? Doing good, buddy. How are you? Hey, I'm not doing too bad whatsoever. I uh, just got in from a long day on the job site, and uh, but uh, right now into my second job site for the night. I got uh, a few podcasts selected for this evening. Looking forward to talking to Blake Warden right after we, we do some serious bench raising here on the Big MX Radio Talk Show. And it's great to have you, Mark Poole, on as uh, you're one of the uh, uh, the hosts of, of course, the Moto X podcast. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, introduce the podcast to those who might not be already listening to it. Well, as far as me, I'm a, uh, I'm just a moto nerd. Uh, you know, been riding dirt bikes off and on for most of my life. Never raced much until I got to be an adult, but I was just a, a, a fanatic about the sport. Still am. And, uh, so that's kind of where this came from. And, and, you know, as far as the podcast goes, um, man, I mean, we sit around and talk about it anyways. And like you and I say, we might as well record it if that's what we're going to do. And, uh, we try to make it entertaining, and uh, of course we pre-record, you know, like most do, and uh, just have a have a couple guests on each week, and um, you know, try to try to shed some light on our opinions of the sport, which don't really mean much because we don't really know anything other than what we we think, and uh, but that's okay, you know, that's kind of that's what you do in a podcast, I guess. But uh, no, Motorx Pod Show, it's um, it's on iTunes and the Stitcher app, I believe. We don't. We're kind of janky still. We don't have a website yet uh, working on all that. It's just kind of an as-we-go type of thing. But it's gained some legs recently. And, uh, of course, we had yourself on. That was an awesome time and uh, enjoyed that I very much. That. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so we're doing that. We're just a, a Texas-based show, and uh, it's because we all live here. And, you know, at first we started out, we thought we would just kind of cover the Texas scene and maybe talk to some of the Texas legends and privateers and uh, – it quickly morphed into talking to guys that, such as yourself, uh, you know, Steve Mathis and, uh, yeah, you know, some of, some of the uh, pros that are, are, you know, current, currently racing. I'm not familiar with that Steve guy, uh, but, uh, it sounds, sounds like you've had some hard hitting, uh, guests on your show. It's, uh, and, and honestly, yeah, you're totally right. Um, you yourself, total moto nerd, ditto for me, uh, since the very beginning of me following motocross. Uh, it's just been all about the details. And, uh, when, when you dedicate yourself to taking in a sport and, and doing it to the nth degree, uh, yeah, like you said, there, there's, you, you have an opinion and maybe, maybe it's not as, uh, as, uh, respected or valued uh, as a, as a guy like Steve's or uh, Jason Wygant's or a Davy Coombs, but uh, it's it's an educated opinion nonetheless, and it's uh, it's an opinion that's developed over a lot of 
have uh, a lot of time spent in front of the, either a laptop or a, or a, a TV screen, uh, watching, rewatching, and uh, and and picking up all things and just being doing your best impression of a sponge. And uh, and once you squeeze that sponge, that's what uh, your listeners do. They they squeeze all that knowledge out of you, and you guys spew it out every single week. And uh, that's cool to see because it's all about growing that pie and, and growing the uh, the media sphere that is motocross, so that people can just take in as much content as they can. Because I, we've talked about this on your podcast and uh, I'm a huge fan of Steve Mathis I love his work and uh, I found myself prior to my own podcast coming out that uh, I was usually done doing or done listening to all of his shows by sometime near Tuesday afternoon so uh, um, that's where Big MX Radio can come in that's where the Moto X podcast can come in and uh, and back clean up a little bit to uh, to serve those uh, those listeners that are hungry for more knowledge no absolutely and uh, you know uh, you're right. Being around the sport all these years and, and reading magazine article upon magazine article and watching, you know, video of video, race after race, you tend to gain a, a certain amount of uh, knowledge about about your sport. Yeah, Moto IQ. There you go. And uh, so it, it's good to put it out there and to let people hear it. And that, like you say, I'm always done listening to all Matheson stuff as soon as it comes out. So and and I love every bit of it, and uh, have been listening to podcasts now for for probably six or seven years, and started with motocross podcasts. I have maybe one or two I listen to outside of the sport, but not really. And sometimes I even find myself having to listen to my own show because I run out of stuff. <laughs> There's not much. I really don't care to listen to myself, but uh, I guess it's good if you want to critique and get better and realize, oh hey, I was that was silly. I shouldn't have done that or or whatever, but. You know, at the end of the day, we're just huge fans of the sport. We're here to help grow it in any, you know, whatever our contribution is, be it as small as it is right now, we still want to have that there and uh, and have a presence as far as that goes. And it is, it is strictly about the betterment of the sport. There's uh, my, me and my guys. I've got a, a co-host, Jamie Guida. They call him Dark Side. I, you would, anybody who listens to Pulp Mix knows who Dark Side is. And uh, he's a regular caller on that show, and he's a local guy. He only lives about... 30 minutes from where I do. And then I got another guy named TJ Smith who does our producing. TJ has uh, been around the sport a long time where, you know, has, has a depth of knowledge about it as well. And we don't have any hierarchy. We don't have any egos. All we, I mean, the show and the sport come first before everything and what we do. And uh, so it's not, there, there's kind of a rock star element about it. I guess you could say Jamie's kind of that guy just from, from being so well known from the pulp stuff. And, you know, that works out good, and I, he's my, my good friend, and uh, I, I'm as much of a fan of him as anybody. <laughs> so There you go. Well, that's awesome, and it's great to have seen you guys grow. Uh, as as the, the, the episodes click off, you guys are always uh, elevating uh, your own game, and it's, it's, it's a great thing that you are listening to uh, some of your older stuff, because I think that's very important, uh, because uh, who critiques you more than yourself when, like, we always, ah, I hate to hear my yeah. own voice. Uh, so then you, 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 you go in, and you, you kind of uh, just assess what the situation is as far as how many ums, uhs, or whether you repeat yourself, or uh, the, the new numerous um, isms that I use that uh, most people, some of them don't understand, or sometimes I just, I uh, overuse a specific term, like uh, when I come out of uh, uh, an answer, more often than not, I will end with 100% or absolutely, and I always need yeah. to cut, cut that out, 
but uh, yeah. it happens. I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it's been ingrained in my speech, but uh, it is what it is, and uh, we try to correct it. But uh, the bottom line is, is that uh, we just love doing the sport, and uh, and it's it's because of that we're so passionate about it that we feel like we can share our feelings and our thoughts about it, and I think that's really cool. Um, you yourself, you race uh, not only a 450 uh, Honda, but also you got a 125 as well, and uh, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty uh, a tall tall feat or a, a tall tall task for uh for that for a 125 because uh you go by the the moniker of muscle mark so i imagine that 125 has uh um uh, it's work cut out for it it does <laughs> yeah i'm about 200 pounds so five eight 200 pounds and uh so I, well give or take i fluctuate between 200 and 210 i know that sounds funny but it just depends on how much uh how much Mexican food I decided to eat in one week, which I, it's yes, uh, right now I'm probably ever been a 210 because that's what I just got done doing. But uh, no, yeah, the 125 is it's a, it's a load of fun. As far as the moniker of Muscle Mark, TJ, my producer, actually came up with that. That's not ever something I would call myself. But uh, my my prior uh, previous career I, that I was a personal trainer for several years. I even owned a gym for three years. And, uh, at the end of the day, uh, just got burnt out on that and, uh, decided to sell it and go on and get a real job and, you know, be somebody else's idiot and, um, let them pay me and let them worry about taxes and insurance and so on and so forth. But yeah, that's where the muscle mark name came from. I've still kind of, I've kind of got that frame still. It's you, you hold on to a certain amount. I think I just hold on to mine a little bit genetically, but don't get me wrong. I'm not by any means in shape. <laughs> right now like i was prior but that, that's where that came from so yes that one two five has its work cut out for it i just about blow that thing up every time i get on it but it's hey, a lot of fun i enjoy it hey this is zach cummins from phoenix racing co you're listening to the big mx radio show we're going to commercial we'll be right back justified cultures is the kind of apparel from the moment you put it on makes you feel like it was made just for you Quality, comfortable apparel designed for and inspired by the Live What You Love lifestyle. Woven throughout the moto, desert, skate, and surf culture of Justified is the desire to celebrate human achievement, to inspire and create a modern lifestyle brand reflecting today's generation. Zach Commons, Matty Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffay, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don Justified Culture's clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day. So, we created Justified Cultures. Navigate justifiedcultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BIGMX17 when checking out at justifiedcultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. Amigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. 
Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, guys, this is Kate Clayson, and not only do I blow uh, Alex Ray's doors off in the track, but I do it at K1 speed, too. Hey, everyone. Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly, then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys who are building wheels for Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Dyco Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. Hey, Big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying it. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. TractionMX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it. These guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one-of-a-kind. The reason why they're one-of-a-kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick the everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you could have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to TractionMX.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. Going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market. From supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between, Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses, clear lenses, 10-packet tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral Brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia, and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the viral brand. Hey guys, Bill's Pipes is back, and that means the return of legendary performance. 
Two strokes, check. Four strokes, check. Since 1974, they've been tuning power at its finest for motocross racers, off-road racers, you name it. For you two-stroke lovers, the MX2 Bill's Pipe exhaust system is flat out the right choice to make. Nickel, works, and the brand new cone look is the right system for the job. When it comes to four strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to decimate the field anywhere, anytime. So if you want the same pipe used by Billy Leninovich, Sean Collier, Vicky Golden, and the entire Barn Pros Home Depot Yamaha team, head over to Bill'sPipes.com today and never settle. Let's pro- talk about the pro side of things. Um, um, the the week to week the week to weekend warriors is one side of the coin. What we normally cover and what uh, what most fans like to talk about is the professional side of things, and that's what we're going to dive into next. And that uh, here on the Big MX Radio podcast with Mark Poole of the Moto Moto X podcast. Now, the two fifties recently had a, had a rule change. Basically, if you if you win a championship. You get to, to to defend it regardless, and now instead of four years at uh, at one hundred and one hundred and thirty five points, one hundred and thirty five uh, points, max uh, points, now, yeah, 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 max points is is for over for four years rather than three. Um, my opinion: this is a bit of a band aid on uh, a problem that is very specific to a specific year. Like it just it just seems like um, it's as if like uh, the the year you're supposed to go pro is a certain age, and they're like, and one kid wasn't ready, so they're like, all right, we'll make it the next year because for for one particular case, and it, it just, I don't think it should change like that. Um, and that's just my two cents on it. What's your take? Well, my take on it is why. First of all, I feel like the the uh, the rule of defending your title should have always been in place. Everybody, totally. I feel I like the guys who put the work in who achieved such a great level of success as is winning a number one plate, they deserve it. They deserve to, uh, to be able to defend that title and to run that plate. We've seen, you know, past champions, Malcolm Stewart, Will Hahn, just to name a few, that uh, Brock Tickle that have gotten, so to speak, screwed out of that and not been able to do that and had to move up. Probably before there was their time, some of them. And um, I don't think – I think Malcolm is fine where he is, but uh, the fact that he didn't get a ride is a little bit sad. But – you know, as far as I don't, you're right. This is just a, this is a not even a big band aid to cover up a real problem they have. I don't see this no. changing anything, and I don't see this rule even staying in place. I think that rule's been changed a bunch of times, anyways, has it not? Oh, absolutely. We've seen alterations to this uh, a, a number of different times, and uh, basically, the, what we what we just graduated from was the Trey Kennard rule. Is that he came in and on a year where Ryan Villapoto in two thousand and eight happened to have an absolutely but ugly Supercross season, mm-hmm. and Trey Kennard rattled off. Uh, three out of four uh, wins out of his first three races, that the guy just like he just he just lucked into it, but he won the championship. So two years yeah. later, like so two years later, you're gone. You're you're and you got to go ride. Uh, and he went straight to factory uh, factory uh, factory Honda. So um, that's just like like think of his career as being long, but it really wasn't in all respect. Like that he actually only had two full years. As a he had one year as a a full blown full blown rookie, then he he defended that title and then boom you're gone. So only two full years on small bikes that's not nearly enough, given to and given the fact that Trey's not a big guy, he's not an overly strong guy, and 
to have somebody uh, like changing their body. Their, their body is still changing. They're not even having yet become a man, and you're going to put them on the mo- on the biggest baddest bike out there. Uh, yeah. That is a recipe for disaster. I, like if you're you, you're a, a former personal trainer, if you're you're pushing your body to the to the absolute limit, that'd be like having 19 year olds in the Olympics for lifting. It just doesn't work that way. Um, right. So. Yeah, that's that's why it usually takes a even a guy like Ricky Carmichael and his infinite amount of talent didn't end up becoming incredibly talented on a 250 until his second year on it, which is when he was 22 years old. The guy had or 21 years old rather. Like you're you're more or less a man at that point. So um, extending it another year, uh, this is the Davalos slash. Mitch Payton wants to keep Savachi and Hill for another year because there's not an extra space at Factory Cowie. Like it just, it just seems so um, convenient for us, like like three particular people, and then it, it really mattered not at all to anybody else. So, um, like it just the the timing of the fact that there weren't a lot of rides available in the 450 class for for 2018. That like, oh, we just got to change this rule. So, uh, I don't really like it. I think, uh, in, in my humble opinion, I think that they should just make both classes uh, as wide open as they want to be because, um, that, frankly, both are incredibly uh, te- like difficult to to do well at uh i think that and i think that the the fact that when guys go into the 450 class for supercross they more or less get trapped up there and they can't come back down to get a job because they're they just don't they don't have the the results that that put them in like you have guys like uh the guy's been out on the outside of the, the top 16 in a 450 class for about four years but posting lap times well inside the top 10 on, on 250s and that's like the the as far as dollars in like or dollar like you like one guy top 10 guy on a, on a 250 is making a salary whereas guy that's just making main events is um paying for it out of pocket like that's a big switch just based on what class you can run and in my honestly in my opinion i want the fastest 40 guys whether like like forty guys in my main events at the end of the day, I want on like or fastest forty four rather, and uh, for that to happen, you you can't have guys winning championships and then about three years later being out of the sport completely because they it physically they couldn't cut it on four fifty or just just like they that their skill level hadn't progressed enough for that they they could uh, they were worth their salt to justify being paid by a factory team in the four fifty class is too bad. Yeah, they, and back to the Canard the thing, essentially he didn't have to move out his first year, right? Because even right. I, feel, I still feel like he prematurely moved up. Because we saw, I, I feel like there was a, a little bit of a developmental issue. He's full of talent. There's no denying that. And uh, But we've seen kind of, as, as much as he's been hurt, ironically, he's hurt again right now, and that's sad, uh, you know. But, uh yeah. I feel like there's a little more development that could have gone in to your racecraft, to your technique, to think to, to your to your fitness, to your your overall physical stature, and then then you graduate to the big boy class when you're ready for it. And what I call that, we talked about you know not being not having your man body yet. I call it you you have your your muscles and then you have you go into your man muscles, so to speak. Um, that's yeah, when you really absolutely. develop develop your full grown body, and it usually happens in your mid twenties is usually, I mean, just on average. So oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the canard thing, I, I mean, luckily they changed the rule for him. I'd still think the way they, they shuffle that rule around to make it fit where they need it is ridiculous. 
uh, let, let's get it. Let's set one rule. Like you said, leave both classes wide open. Let guys make a living. Let them be, if one's a better 250 rider, leave them in the 250 class. That's fine. Davalos, obviously, better 250 rider. He keeps manipulating Brown. it. Mike Brown. Mike Brown, Pingree. Brownie especially just could not ride a big bike like he could the small bike. Wrote, you know, so let those guys make a living where they're at, and the guys that can flourish on a, on a, in the 450 class, they'll, they'll, they'll naturally move up. I think Hill yeah. is another one. I yeah. think he wants out. I think that's where he wants to go. He stated yeah. as much in the press conference, whether he does or not. He spends a lot story. of time on a 450. I, th- I think you're totally right. And uh, like, uh, are, you a, are you a football well, fan, uh, Mark? Uh, yes, yes. Absolutely. Okay, and you like obviously you're from Texas, so you're f- familiar with the programs in uh, in college football, correct? Yes, yes. Well, to some what degree, they, yes. What, what what do they normally do to uh, like um, like obviously college football? If you're in a, 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 a Division One school, like that's pretty high level ball. What do they usually yeah. do to uh, first level players or first year players? Well, here's the deal. What the most of them? I have a nephew that's going. Uh, it's a Division One Double A school, but Stephen F. Austin. He's going to try to play linebacker there. They got him. He got him a scholarship. Was a very good high school player. He's already a pretty big kid. Here's what the the first thing they're going to do with him is, is start putting weight on him because he's got to be right. able to withstand the, da- the you know the damage you take at that level because it, 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 it in increments like say high school ball. Is a certain amount. It's rough in a certain way. It's a whole different right. level when you get to college because you get all the best high school players, and they're all in college now playing each other. And then, and of course, right. when you graduate to the NFL, the same thing. It's all it's everybody that was that's going to be a good professional athlete is there. Of course, the ones that don't make it aren't. But the first thing that college coaches generally do with those athletes is start putting weight on them, putting muscle on them, get their stature, you know, get their body a little more developed to handle the abuse it's about to take. I think, you know, with right. motocross, it's probably, it could, could be a lot of the same way. Uh, I don't think it, it really treated as such, but maybe it should be. Right. And like, uh, with the, what I was driving at is that they have a term, uh, for usually players that are, uh, are, are first year players in college that don't play their first year. They call them red shirts. Yeah, red shirt. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. They, I totally missed that. <laughs> that's that. fine. That's totally fine. You, like, uh, you, you're not a mind reader and I'm, uh, I'm about 2,000 miles north of you. Um, <laughs> the thing is, is like, the, the, the guy, like, he's on the team, but he's there to develop so that he can be the best he can when he's ready to be that. Yep. And I understand that, like, there's only so much talent in this, uh, uh, and, and money to go around in the sport. But if you weren't hauling bu- uh, race bikes to, uh, to every single race, if you weren't paying for the travel and the expenses and, the, and a, 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 pr- a practice bike mechanic and a race bike mechanic, would it make sense for one of these really young, hotshot 250 riders graduating out of that class? To instead of uh, instead of coming into Anaheim one guns blazing, let's see what you could make happen all season long. Let's like let's let the kid get ready on a two four fifty. Let's uh, um, like they they can practice as much as they want. They can ride. And I understand there's still inherent cha- uh, risks with with uh, with practicing for for motocross, but there is there's there's risk practicing for football as well and training for football as well, but. Like, does it not make sense to maybe like an idea of redshirting a guy until he's ready to to show optimum speed on the next level? 
Yeah, I don't know how they would go about doing that, but I like the idea for sure. And I, I would think it makes sense to, 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 to preserve that athlete, to preserve that talent, somebody that may be the future of your organization, not to just throw them to the wolves and hope everything exactly. works out. You know, you've seen it as well as I, even somebody is, Roxton was a veteran this year and one little crash it may have ended his career. We don't know yet, but that's pretty serious what he's going through. And you see it time and time again, guys like, you know, Millsaps is really good. He's really beat up and he stayed that way his whole career. Um, they need to, I feel like there's some more developing could be done. Uh, I, from one jump from the amateurs to the 250 class and the 250 class to the premier class. No, I, I, I totally agree 110%. Uh, it's, uh, something need, like, we need to be creative about how we preserve and, and, and bring our athletes up. It's, there's, uh, it, there's not, I, I don't think there's a, a gentle system the way there needs to be. And like, if you look at your, your stick and ball sports, the ones that we quote unquote do it the best, they, they, they lightly add load to these athletes over time to the point where once they're on the pro scene, they are ready to rip and they're really impressive. Um, yep. So like, like taking for example, a guy like Ricky Carmichael, if mm-hmm. Ricky Carmichael had been quote unquote red shirted for the 2000 or the 1999 out uh, supercross season, he didn't, if you say if he didn't race supercross that year and then stayed down for another year of two fifties and our one twenty fives outdoors, would it have made a difference? Uh, he didn't. He didn't win any races that year. He just crashed his brains out and probably made himself nice and uh, frustrated, and, and may, may or may not have sustained an injury that he that nagged him for the rest of his career. Would it have really made a difference? Like I think, a guy like Cooper Webb. Cooper Webb. Like did did, did Cooper Webb do himself a huge uh, service by racing um, all all seventeen rounds this year? Well, it hadn't worked out that well. Now he has shown very. He's shown signs of brilliance, and, and he will develop into an awesome big bike rider. I think even Ricky himself said that, that staying down another year in 125 in Supercross is what he probably should have done, and uh, I don't mm-hmm. think anybody would disagree with that. Now, of course, when he when he when it caught on, it, it went well for him. But yeah, I do. I think there. I wish there was. Uh, unfortunately, in the business world which is basically what runs this. They're going to do whatever sells bikes and they want, they want that guy out there. But I do think they should make it more catering towards the athlete to, uh, to, to preserve and make sure this is what they're ready for, you know, and not have some rule change or, and, or sponsor demands, team demands, manufacture, whatever, determine, you know, determine what, how that goes. I agree with you. I I just, how they're going to do that. I have no idea. I don't even know where to but you know it'd be right. nice to see it for sure i just like uh all i see is a lot of teams that they like they don't want to waste money developing a guy but they also aren't happy about making a guy race when he's not ready to and then paying his salary when he's too injured to race well here's the thing too like speaking of how like, the money is spent developing these guys all the money these teams spend on these amateur kids coming up and then you get a team like Let's just, for example, start racing, and they get, who was it? Matt LeMoyne, Will Hahn, a year and you're done. Darren Durham, who's a phenomenal talent. Phenomenal talent. I don't know, his career kind of went off or else, but a guy that probably could have really done something had his career being treated right. Then back, you take back in the day, Factor Suzuki, they just threw Buddy Antonez out there and said, we'll see you. You know, come to the, this is when you be at this race. 
And you, you spent all the money developing this kid and paying him all this time, and then what? You know, you're ready to just keep ex- all of a sudden he's expendable. From a business standpoint, that makes zero sense. You know, but no, and yeah, and these, of, these guys are the one percenters. These this is the elite of the elite, and the yeah. uh, sometimes I just don't think they're handled properly. But uh, great, great, uh, great conversation. Good to get into that. Let's let's turn our focus to uh, the this this race this weekend in. Um, in New Jersey, and um, mm-hmm. honestly, like for for yourself, we both were going to be watching this from our, our televisions. I was lucky enough that this last weekend's race was having no problem uh, airing on my television. Uh, I assume <laughs> that uh, uh, you you might have had some issues on that end uh, watching it. Maybe had to, to watch it on tape delay. But uh, um, this weekend is a, is an afternoon race. Does that affect you in any way? Because I know that I'll be laying bricks when the uh, when the main events hit this weekend. I won't be able to watch it live. I'll have to watch it later on uh, that evening, uh, probably super late, actually. But, uh, um, yeah, what, what, what's it like for yourself to be watching uh, watching Supercross on a Saturday night uh, at the uh, at the pool household? Well, normally, like, if it's, if it's not on Fox Sports 2, which I do not have with my current uh, TV package, uh, I do watch it live. I'll, you know, of course, get, get comfortable on my couch and stuff myself full of whatever food I have and, you know, and uh, watch what's happening this past weekend. I couldn't. It was on Fox Sports too. I ended up watching it on my phone later. But uh, yeah, no, this this Saturday, I don't know the day race. Like I say, it kind of throws off throws off the whole trajectory. Trajectory, excuse me, uh, of my day. Normally, how it would go, because uh, I'll probably end up being doing. I'll be with my wife and my child, probably doing whatever my wife tells me at that point during the day, and I'll have to watch it up there yes, anyways. So normally I'd be on my couch paying attention, though, and uh, which is fine. I like the day race format. I think the riders probably really like it, a lot of them anyways. And uh, it does kind of take away from – it's Supercross. You expect it to be on Saturday night, right? But, you know, change yeah, is inevitable, and I think it's a good change. Yeah, I, I'm not too sure about the matinee stuff. Like, I, I can't bring myself to go see a movie in the middle of the day. Uh, no, me or, either. Uh, to, like, even, the, like, I guess, like, uh, football is a little bit different because it's kind of a daytime thing. Uh, but I, honestly, there's nothing like the Friday night lights of uh, of, of whatever league it is. So, uh, um yeah, I, I, to me, I think uh, Supercross uh, it should be under the lights. And honestly, that's one of the reasons why I, if I'm not able to go to an outdoor national, I don't end up watching them live because uh, I don't know about you, Mark, but on a Saturday afternoon around between the hours of about 11 and 4, I'd rather be riding my motorcycle than yeah. riding or watching guys ride them. Like That's my only hurdle with uh, watching the nationals. I'm always ended up having to uh, stay up late and watch them uh, on uh, kind of like a, uh, either one on YouTube or if, if I can find another way to watch them, because um, yeah, like you said, it's a it's a participant sport. We're riding, we're not watching riding. <laughs> more times, more time, exactly. More times than not, for that very reason, I have my my the Nationals DVR, and I just watch them when I get time. And because uh, with this, this day and age, the social media world we live in, I'll just go find out who won. I'm not one of these guys that wants to be surprised and see it for myself. I want to know what happened right there, whether I'm watching it or not. So, yeah, and uh, I'm more, most likely I'm at the track. So I'll just come in from riding the moto, click up on Twitter, see who's who's posting what, 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 what's going on, who's winning, and, you know, I'll know what happened. But 
it doesn't make the race any less exciting for me most of the time. I'm I'm always stoked to watch dirt bike racing no matter what. Uh, as far as during the day, I'm with you. I don't like it. Uh, even let's say you're in the hockey. Even a high, like, the only hockey game I've ever been to was that night, and it was seen fitting. Even though it was indoors, you couldn't tell what yeah. time of day it was. It just seemed fitting that we were there on a, I think it was a Thursday night when I went. But you see what I'm saying yeah. with that. And uh, that's why they don't play uh, a lot. They don't play uh, high school football in Texas during the day most of the time. You know, it's, uh, you it's, 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 it's an occasion. They do occasionally on Saturdays. But, yeah. you know, it every, takes everybody away from the ambiance. Yeah, yeah, everyone, it, yeah, it takes away from the ambiance a little bit. But, yeah. uh, Mark, it's, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. We will definitely have you on again. Uh, for those who aren't already following you on your social medias, as well as you have, you have Twitter, you have Instagram, you guys have Snapchat, uh, where can people find you and, uh, find more in- information on the Moto X podcast? Well, we're Moto X Pod Show. We're on, uh, or Moto, just, it was just, just one word, Moto X Pod on Facebook, uh, okay. Twitter, and, uh, Instagram. And then me personally, uh, at, at Mark Pool, M-A-R-K-T-O-O-L on Instagram, and, uh, at MuscleMark17 on Twitter. Give me a shout. I'm on Facebook too, Mark Pool, and, uh, I love to chat about Moto. So message me, add me, whatever it is you do, and, uh, we'll talk. Awesome, man. Well, you've been awesome, Mark. Mark, live from the pool house in Texas. Uh, you have yourself a great evening, my friend. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast's sake, we're going to cut it off right there. All right, buddy. Thanks.